Is it hard for you to talk about your sexual wants, needs, and desires? Well, you're not alone. It's hard for everybody. And that's no pun intended. Are you hard right now and can't talk about it? Well, if so, this podcast is for you. Uh, hi, I'm Toby. I'm from the band Emory. I've also led a bunch of men's groups with the True Man Experience. And uh, I'm working on this podcast with Dr. Stormy, who is an amazing sex coach who has helped so many people. And that's what we're here to do. We were here to open up the conversation. You need to be able to talk about your sexual desires, your wants, and yes, even your needs and where you can take your sex life with your partner. So sit back, relax. We're taking listener questions. We're going to have a great episode. Join us because this is the sex education you always wish you would have gotten. All right, we're back with another episode. Uh, Storm, are you doing good? I'm doing so well. Happy Friday. Well, we're recording on Friday, so yeah, happy yeah. Friday. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's funny because uh, the the pool is open in our town now, and we have like it's it's really. Well, I never had this growing up in the South, but I guess I don't know if this is a Midwest thing or not. But because you grew up, you were Michigan, is that right? Michigan girl. Yeah. It's like everybody ha- like it seems like every town has these big like pool areas like with water slides and stuff it's it's funny like maybe because i grew up near the the ocean or something like that but we didn't have really anything like that and here it's like just a neighborhood pool that's massive you know with slides and the lazy river and all that stuff and so totally uh, there's one here too yeah i've been frustrated with myself because i've been trying to work out and eat healthy but the last few weeks haven't been so good so i'm like "Uh oh i gotta go to the pool (laughs) i'm getting a little nervous but yeah i'll get there it's it's a it's good motivation get your pool pool body you know you're right yeah it really is good motivation so uh okay so i'm excited about today's episode because i don't totally even know i i don't think i've ever maybe experienced this maybe i don't know yet so today's uh, episodes is what is sacred sex and how to have it. So I definitely like the how to have the sex part. I'm really in there. <laughs> the sacred sex, I'm like, what, oh, here we go. What, is, what are we about to learn? So I'm, I'm very excited to learn what we're talking about today. And I think I have a kind of a good stump stormy even on this because I was doing a little research and stuff. But uh, we'll see. We'll find out that later. And we'll got some listener, really good w- listener questions later. But uh, I think we should just get right into it. What is sacred sex and how do we have it? Where do you want to start, Stormy? Well, I think it's really important to start with, you know, with how we already view sex as a culture. I mean, right, these are some broad strokes assumptions. This isn't everyone. Um, But in general, I mean, the kind of the idea is that sexual energy and sexual pleasure has the power to change, to heal and to transform. That's sort of the 30,000 foot view of what approaching sex with the sacredness is about. And, you know, most people, again, broad strokes, but see sex as a way of maybe connecting with their partner or feeling connected or getting laid or a dopamine hit or, you know, getting your yeah. rocks off or whatever, right. or some degree of all of those. But very, not a lot of people think of sex as sacred. And it's one of my very favorite things to practice myself. It's one of my very favorite things to teach to the clients and that I coach. Um, and it's, it's really about making sex life changing, you know, life altering and looking at sex as a, as a tool for your own personal growth and development, including your spiritual development. Yeah. And, you know, we're very like, as a culture, we're very like, you know, church and sex, like sort of a separate and yeah. religion and sex is separate. Right. And, and I think I can really relate to that. I, you know, I grew up Catholic and um, I'm sure you can relate to that too, Toby. Mm-hmm. Would that be true? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely was separate. It's funny that you say that. Uh, I wouldn't even have maybe necessarily put it that way, but that you're spot on. Sex was, and, and the idea of sex being spiritual was only that uh, a man and a woman united in marriage. 
And that was about as far as they went spiritually. It was never like the sex could take you potentially together somewhere. So that might even be considered dangerous or wrong, you know? Yeah, totally. Right. And if you look at so many other cultures, sex and, and spirituality are very much linked. Right. Um, even, you know, even in ancient temples, they, they literally had like temples that were like the entrances is shaped like the woman's vagina, like the entrance to the woman's yeah. vagina, you know, it's like, I mean, the, and then we got so far from that. And so not getting into, I don't want to get into like the rhetoric of that or the wrong or right of that, but I really want my, my desire for our podcast today is really to educate on how do we, what is sacred sex and how do you bring that into your partnership? Because it, it's an incredible way, not only to grow yourself to be closer to your higher power um and so by the way today if i say god that's because that's for me my higher power but what if for the listeners and watchers out there it's really about connecting to outside of yourself to your higher power to something much bigger than you so you might hear me say god today because that's what it is for me but it's really that be way beyond the act of just penetrative sex right it's Mm. so far i mean i always say that there's no wrong or right there's no good or bad but once you've experienced sacred sex let's just call it regular sex is, is still amazing. There's, and there's a time and a place for that, but it's literally apples and oranges. It's almost like orthogonal scales really. So that's why I I get so excited about, about teaching this and about helping people understand that this is first of all, that it's even possible. What is it? We have to know that it's even possible. What, and then how to, I've got today, I've got, I think, let me just check. I think it's like 10 tips. Yep. 10 tips to make sex sacred. So those are coming. So (laughs) (laughs) I I really do. And the reason why to me, this is important is just because I I think you're so right. Like sex oftentimes just feels like an act or it's just something that you go do just like you got to get groceries. You got to, you know, Mm -hmm. go to your job. You got to get sex done. And I, and I think that we miss out sometimes on how, uh, more expansive it is and how beautiful it is and, and how like we can do things for each other that you're right. Isn't just penetrative. You know what I mean? Like, right. and it, or it doesn't always have to be, I got this, you get this, you know what I mean? Or it's like only, only right. shooting for Except an for orgasm that. or something mm-hmm. like that. So I think this is totally. a really, really awesome way of, of looking at sex. Yeah. And we are so orgasm focused, right? And don't get me wrong. Orga- orgasms are amazing. We're going to do right. an episode coming soon yeah. on how to have better orgasms. So that's how awesome they are. So this isn't about that. It's it, again, it's almost think of it as orthogonal as like a whole new world that's open that can be open to you and your partner. And also just a little caveat, we're going to talk a lot today about partnered sex, but you can practice sacred sex um, and making sex sacred, even if you are doing, if you're single or doing solo play. Mm. So, um, but, you know, I think it's really like, if you look at like, let's say Christian specific, um, you know, I think it's so interesting because like love and spirit, right. And I am certainly no biblical scholar, but I've read the Bible a few times, but love and spirit are often seen together, right. Love and spirit are often linked. Right. But so my question is, how does that not include erotic love? Like, where does yeah. it say and how does it say like that has to be separate, right? Erotic right. love is, okay, love and spirit are very linked except for erotic love. It's like, right. no, I would actually posit absolutely including erotic love, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it, it, it's like I said, sexuality is, is part of many traditions, spirit traditions around the world. But, you know, and I've, I found a quote by uh, Reverend Tricia Elliott, and I love this quote. So this is about kind of bringing sexuality, sacred sexuality into the Christian space is if our ability to love makes us most like God, then why wouldn't making love put us in a holy state? Mm. And I was like, wow, when I read yeah. that, I was like, that is so good. So if our ability to love makes us most like God, then why would making love put us in a holy state? Yeah. So I wow. love that. And one of the things I, when I think about this and, and, you know, I had to wrestle with it myself because I, I am a Christian and I, and I grew up Catholic, like, is that 
God gave us sex. Like I always have this image of like God could have give it, made it that we, you know, procreate by like eating a piece of fruit or drinking a weird tea or something like that. But he yeah. gave us sex. So that it's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be it's meant to be an act of devotion, right? To your partner. It's meant to be a a way to connect more deeply to yourself, to your partner, and to God or into your higher power. So, you know, I mean, I was even like thinking back to my, I was like, okay, let's like think, let's go all the way back to Genesis, right? It says that, you know, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast his wife and they shall become one flesh. He doesn't say two fleshes who occasionally get together and have sex. It's right. one flesh, right? Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking about like, like my, you know, Song of Songs, like that's the steamiest, that's the steamiest book in the Bible, right? That is like the the metaphor of lovers as your, for your relationship to God. So, you know, I think it's really about, acknowledging that our life force energy and our sexual energy come from the same source. I mean, that's really yeah. what sacred sexuality is in a 30,000 foot view. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I'd really, once again, I really do think that we miss out on so much lovemaking because we, it, the, it feels like culture and society has pushed us to go penis vagina. You know what I mean? But there's so much more to lovemaking that, that, you know, that is can open up a whole new world to you. So this is great. Often, yeah, right. Well said. And often, many of us grew up in a family of origin where it wasn't talked about. It was right. sort of like, you know, even self pleasure was like, oh, quick, hide it, you oh, know, I hide know. it behind closed doors and like clean it all up, right? And like, you know, maybe do it in the shower or whatever. But right. it's, it, there's a, there has been, and it's shifting, right? Part, our mission, one of our missions with this podcast, with Sex 101 Podcast, is about bringing sex education, sex positivity, right? To you all, to the world, hopefully, yeah. um, right? And that, but that we we have a lot of undoing to do, and that's yeah. not good or bad. It's not like I'm not into like family of origin. Like let's blame our parents for all of our issues, like at all. That's not my approach to how I work with family of origin stuff. But we are. We did grow up in families of origin. Many of us grew up in in religion, um, you know, and so we that impacts us, and it absolutely impacts how we relate to sex and sexuality. There's totally. no there's no question about it. Yeah. So you know, I found this one. I found a Christian study today. It was interesting. They they studied, um, I think it was fourteen couples, and this is our hetero couples. Um, but what they found was when they practice sacred sexuality, they had a sense of wonder, bonding, euphoria, arousal. They felt blessing and transcendence. They felt the presence of God during sex, and and that it really was to the point of ecstasy. And I thought that was really cool. Um, this was in out of Vancouver, um, yeah. but really looking at that, that's reported in in the Christian space. So what I would suggest, what I want to invite all of our listeners to is like, what if sex can open up a whole world of intimacy and connection with your partner far more than you have experienced or you could imagine via sacred sex. And, and that is possible. Um, and you know, it's the, it's really this, that we can change, heal and transform through the energy of sex. I mean, there's no more potent energy on the planet. It has the potential to create life. That's how powerful it is. Yeah, it was given by God. It is meant to be cultivated and curated and enjoyed. Obviously, we're talking about consensually, uh, but it's really this. We are so myopic in how we view sex. And like you said earlier, Toby, it's like penis inside vagina. It's like, yeah. what? No, there is so much more than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and experiencing your own sexuality, oftentimes is a lot of shame. I can remember, like, mm -hmm. like <laughs> I can remember being in the bathroom, my mom going, "You've been in there a while. 
Like she thought I, I didn't realize at the time because I wasn't doing anything. I was actually just going to the bathroom. But I can remember there's several times where I was like, oh, and, she, and, you know, and it was like if I were to masturbate or if I were to really have questions about sex, it that was kind of shot down. Let that save that for later or we'll maybe talk mm-hmm. about it. Or, and definitely, you know, any kind of self-pleasure mm-hmm. was really there's a lot of shame that goes there. And I think that's one of the things that interferes with probably even sacred sex, but sex in general, um, just you're you have all these preconceived notions about yourself, your sexuality, mm-hmm. your partner's sexuality. And then it's hard to connect on that spiritual level because you're so focused here on the physical, you know what I mean? Instead of right, allowing right. yourself to be opened up because it, it, it's scary to open up. It's scary to be totally. like, f- to try to be free in sex that, I mean, cause you're thinking mm-hmm. about what's my belly look right now, look like right now, or, <laughs> or, or am I doing good or d- d- right. are they, mm-hmm. is my partner enjoying it? You can get in your head a lot and to Absolutely. be so free sounds, it, to be so free actually sounds and feels freeing. So. Yeah, no, that's so well said, right? So for whenever we're in performance, it's going to take us out of our pleasure. It's going to take us out yeah. of the present moment. And part of I me, mean, I love that with that because what, some of the like key ingredients to practicing sacred sex is mindfulness, yeah. intention, right? Slowing it down, being really allowing a spiritual connection, right? So yeah. seeing the div- seeing the divine in yourself, right? Including your belly, like you just mentioned, yeah. right? Which is not easy to do. <laughs> and being willing to see the divine in your partner. Like how amazing is that? I mean, I have yeah. full body goosebumps as I'm saying that. Like it's really, so for me, this practice has been hands down one of the most life-changing practices in my own life. And I discovered this about 15 years ago. And you know how you don't know what you don't know until you do? Like I had always felt like there was something missing in sex for me and my own sexual experiences, but I didn't know what it was until I found it. And I was like, and this is what has been missing, you know? So it won't be like that for all of you. But for me, this has been absolutely life, love and sex changing. That's awesome. All right. You want to get to some tips? Yeah. So, um, well, let's just do the little, you know, me and my definition. So what is sacred? So I love that. So the definition defines the dictionary defines it as made or declared holy, dedicated or devoted exclusively to a use purpose or person worthy of reverence or respect. Right. So the, the word itself is from the Latin word sacra, which think about our sacrum. It comes from the same word, like literally the base the triangular bone at the base of our spine, which in many traditions is where we believe that like, we house our sexual energy. So like that's not a coincidence, like, right? There's already a sacredness around that space. Yeah. Um, and so it's something like to me, sacred. I worked with a, a meditation teacher, Deborah Eden Toll, who's amazing. And she said, wherever we put our attention is sacred. Right. So wherever we put our attention is sacred. And I love that, right? We yeah. sacred doesn't just lie in a church or at an altar sacred lies in in nature and feeling connected to your higher power, whether it's through song or for me, it's in the mountains. I feel it's absolutely sacred. So why would we say that sacredness can't and shouldn't, and isn't it meant to be a part in in our bedroom, right? Like why is it separate from that? So I love that, that by where we put our attention. So basically what we, what makes something sacred is our relationship to it. So how are you relating to your sex life currently? Um, and just get curious about that for yourself. So, so that's a little bit about the definition, but yeah, let's get into 10 tips to make sex sacred. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So the first one, of course, I always go, it's always going to start with you, right? With each of us individually, because we are an individual, beautiful, sovereign being who is choosing to have sex with a partner. Okay. So the first tip is connect to your own spirituality. Right. And that's actually like, even that is a huge one. Right. Because 
what does that mean? Are you religious? Are you spiritual? Who who do you connect with? Is it God? Is it truth? Is it universal consciousness? Whatever it is, but connecting to your own spirituality, connecting, get curious, investigate, journal, take classes, read books, find out, like get curious about your own spirituality. Yeah. And like I mentioned, for me, it's God. And and you know, my son, as he was wrestling with his own faith, I was like, me, I was like, wrestle with it, like <laughs> wrestle with it, get curious about it, ask questions, read right. books, listen to podcasts. So really, the first one is connecting to your own spirituality, because again, we're not looking to connect to our spirituality through our partner, because that right. will be not ever good. So, um, so that's the first tip. The second tip is to see sex as a gift from your higher power. Right. Like for yeah. me, like I said, God could have had us have sex anyway, and gave us, uh, could have had us procreate anyway and gave us sex. So yeah. see sexing as a gift from your higher power, not separate from, but as a gift from. So yeah. that's huge, huge mindset shift. And then the third is don't can, leave can your I body. So, you, I, okay, yeah, please. Good. Well, I was going to say that that is really uh, uh, something to remember because I, I find myself not thinking that way. Uh, a gift is something that you receive. And that you know mm. someone's thinking about you, and they they you know uh, that it is for you, but also it's a connection to that other person or something like that. So I think that you're right. Like I'll, I th I think once again, sometimes sex, at least for me, sometimes I just think I go, oh, this is something that is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. But I don't I don't know if I put it in that that framework of a gift that, oh man, this is like a blessing mm. in a way, man. This is something mm. to be enjoyed that is, is bigger than just me. And so I think that mm. is something to really kind of sit with a little bit that, that this mm -hmm. is a gift that you both are giving each other that can be really beautiful. And if you think of it that way, then it, it will be more fun. It's fun to get gifts. Totally. Oh, I love that. Right. Yeah. And it is a gift. Like it is such a blessing. It is such a, it's such a privilege. It's such an honor. It's such an incredible, it really is a gift, yeah. right? It's like the um, best gift. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a gift at all the yeah. levels. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So no, that's awesome. Uh, okay. So the third tip is don't leave. You mentioned this earlier, Toby, about like being in performance or worrying about the other person or worrying about what your belly looks like, but don't. So the way I phrase this is don't leave yourself or your body. Okay. So meaning stay with yourself, like stay in your body. Right. And this isn't about being selfish, although it is about like really being in your own body, your own pleasure, because then you can be able to read and uh, offer, give, offer, be the giver to your partner. So really staying with yourself in your body, right. Connecting more deeply. And that might be, mean some body love work to be like, okay, here I am my belly and all right. And that yeah. is not easy. Um, yeah. but when we're in performance or when we are in our head, we aren't in our body and pleasure really lies in the body. That deep connection lies in the body. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. So, so that's the third tip. The fourth tip is this one. I love to see your partner as divine. Right. And what does that mean? Like, I think that means different things, but to me, that means seeing your partner for all their like amazing things and all the flaws and all the things that like drive you crazy about them and like surrendering judgment and how beautiful, like for me, how godly is that, right? To surrender judgment and see your partner as God sees your partner, yeah. see your partner as your higher power sees your partner. Like it's a really an invitation to see yourself and your partner as divine. Mm, yeah. So that, and that's, you know, just even that mindset shift, right? Like the, the next tip, the fifth tip is exercise your devotion and your adoration muscle, right? So it is so powerful and so transformative and really a shift of mindset to think of making love to your partner as devotion and adoration, right? Often, and especially in long-term committed 
relationships, sex becomes mundane, sex becomes habitual, sex becomes like you said, something just to check the box, like, hey, we had our sex this one time this week, right? If you're average most couples, 1.3 times per week, right? Yeah. Um, but really, when was the last time you approached your partner with a spirit of adoration and a spirit of devotion? Right. That that is a different energy than like, all right, babe, let's just do this. Let's get yeah. this done. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. You're you're right. And that once again, I think that, that plays into that that gift idea or or the divinity you were just talking about. Like when you can see somebody as uh, special, unique, and with love, not just making love, but see them in love. Um, I, it just opens up a whole nother door that, uh, that takes away only from the physicality. Then I think that's, it's not just about the physical, then it's about right. two people connecting in a way that is really special and unique at this exact moment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And if you are practicing, hopefully conscious monogamy, or I mean, meaning if you're practicing monogamy, hopefully it's conscious monogamy. But let's say you are practicing monogamy, then this is the one person on the whole world that you choose to have sex with and that chooses to have sex with you. Like yeah. that is so special, so sacred. Why wouldn't we be in adoration and devotion? And by the way, this is a practice. Like I've been practicing this for almost 15 years now. And it's not like I'm always in adoration and devotion with my partner. That would be amazing <laughs> if that yeah, were the case. Right. But that is not the case. But then we literally have times where we will practice sacred sexuality. We, and it is a practice, right? You, yeah. There's tons of books and tools, right? I, I offer, um, and that's actually what I wanted to share with our listeners. Like I have a sacred sex 101 guide because I love teaching this. It has some concrete practices for you. Um, so you can email me stormy at lovedeeplab.com and just put the sacred sex 101 guide in the in the subject and i will send that to you right so ways besides these 10 tips concrete practices to keep this going and to look at it like a practice right it is something that you're in practice of it's not like something you just arrive at being you know have, have having sacred sex you it's a practice to have sacred sex yeah 100% because it's the same as everything else. If you don't practice, you don't get better. And in fact, you get worse. Like no, no one ever gets yeah. better at running marathons by not doing it that often, <laughs> you know, like, and, and like you said, it's not always going to be easy. You're not always going to feel that way, that connected with your partner, you know, arguments happen, uh, distance happens Absolutely. sometimes like you're at work or somebody's got to travel, whatever it might be, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that come up in your life. So it, it is important to connect this way spiritually because then it will lead to even, you know, healthier, better, deeper relational sex. Totally. Right. And like, there's a time for makeup sex. There's a time for quickie sex. There's a time for, we've had episodes on how to have a little bit of rougher sex if that's something you're interested in, right? There's all these different kinds of sex this is one really powerful life-changing kind of sex that i really want you know was excited to share with our listeners and, and to yeah. teach on with you so awesome. um, okay so the sixth tip is to engage all your senses because our senses and this is what one of my expertise in my occupational therapy world is our is as our eight senses but our senses literally wrap our brains right so when we engage all of our senses meaning like take the time to create the space whether it's music or candlelight or a nice blanket or maybe a piece of lingerie that you're wearing that not that you have to feel sexy and that you feel beautiful in that your part, maybe yeah. it's about, you know, it, it's also about like taking the time to take a shower, not because you're worried about smelling, but you want to feel clean and smell beautiful. 
smell sexy, right? It's really taking the time to really engage all your senses and create the space. That is another really powerful tip. And often we don't, right? We get into bed and we're like, mm, mm-hmm. okay, let's just do this. Or in the morning with morning breath, which is fine. But like, right. you know, it's different than creating an intentional space and really saturating your senses. That helps you drop into your body and will help you have more pleasure. Yeah, you're right. I've been learning a lot. Uh, unfortunately, I think I'm, I am, have a ton, <laughs> I have a ton of it, of ADHD. And I, so I've, yeah. I, I, I've always kind of thought I've had it, but just more, I've been uh, doing a lot of reading and following this doctor that uh, really just is opening my eyes. But uh, he's talking about just like, even with like, with ADHD, setting a space and having like a, a time to where you go to do something, whether that be journal or read or, you know, mm-hmm. get work done or whatever it might be, you have to kind of set those things up. And, and I think that even plays into what we're talking about now. If you go, you know what, it, it, it I think some people feel like it's not sexy if you don't have a, a place uh, or it's, it's not sexy if you set a time or you set a place or you do mm-hmm. something like that. But, and, and I know we're not saying that we're not saying that that's the only time or the only place you would have sex, but it is really nice to know there's mm-hmm. this spot that, like you said, fo- that quote that you said, uh, or the the teacher you worked with that said, whatever you focus your attention on is sacred. Well, if you mm-hmm. focus your attention on a spot in your home or wherever it might be, that spot can already mm-hmm. set up sacredness. Mm-hmm. And you, you have that already to where you're not going, where are we going to do it now? What you know, Because then life gets in the way. The kids totally. are down the hall and you're like, wait, but you know, so if you can focus your attention on some things, it will help make those things sacred already for you. Kind of yeah, like my absolutely. ADHD brain. <laughs> and that's well said, right? Like I, you know, I'm a big fan of scheduling sex. Like I, you know, as, as a sex and intimacy coach, I have my clients do that a lot. And sometimes they're like, just like you mentioned, it's like, Oh, that's not that sexy, but it actually is. You're prioritizing, you're putting intention and attention. You've set aside this, this time. Right. So like I mentioned with my partner, we will literally say like, Hey, let's do a practice. And we're talking about a sacred sex practice. So we will set aside a time in advance to do a practice, right? That's not going to necessarily work for everyone. That's how we do it. But there is something, Toby, like what you said, to setting aside the time and the space. Yeah. Right? It's also that prioritizing. You're putting your attention there already, which is huge. Right. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. So the seventh tip is to breathe together, okay. right? Our breath is an amazing way to sync up our nervous systems, to get more into parasympathetic nervous system where we are more able to deeply connect to our partner. Um, so breathing together, right? And there's, there's, there's usually what we're talking about with sacred sex is slowing down and breathing more deeply because as we tend to build pleasure we tend to get our our breath gets more shallow Mm -hmm. right and even with orgasm there's a different kind of breath but the really breathing together and so you can two things i like is you can breathe what we call synchronous breathing so you can breathe in together and out together okay and you're just you follow each other breathing in nice and slow and deep together breathing out nice and slow and deep together and there's also reciprocal breathing which is if you're, if we're, that one of the, the partner, the partner, one of the partners breathes out as the other partner breathes in, and then mm-hmm. the other that partner breathes in as the other partner breathes out. So you're breathing in in reciprocity with each other. Okay, so yeah. play around with that. And for me, those feel very different. Um, and so play around with it. What what feels like it really builds that connection, that sexual energy, that erotic energy. So yeah. breathing together is a big tip. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And then the eighth one is sort of overarching, slow down. We tend to speed up as pleasure increases. Yeah. And that's the pattern, slowing, really slowing down, savoring, luxuriating, being in, in, in total awe and wonder of this experience with your partner. 
And you can only do that when you slow down. If you're just rushing right through to get to the like pinnacle of orgasm, you're missing a lot of the amazing parts of the journey. Yeah. So that's, that's slowing down. And then the ninth tip is when and if you orgasm. Okay, the focus is not on orgasm. So mm-hmm. when and if you orgasm to really like feel, like give yourself full permission to feel the orgasm. So like they call, we call that evolution, right? So like yeah. outward, feeling the orgasm. But then also involution, meaning bringing that energy in. Like So one of the things that can be really amazing is as you're orgasming, literally breathing in bliss, let's say, or peace or love, like into your heart space. You can do this if you have a synchronous orgasm or when either of you orgasm, but really like feeling the orgasm fully and then breathing in bliss or peace or love or or God or whatever you want to do into your heart yeah. as after the orgasm is a really powerful tool too. Love it. Tip okay, 10. And then the last tip 10, the last tip, 10th tip, which you've heard on many podcasts for me is aftercare, right? So if you're going to practice something new, like cuddle, laugh, share, talk about what was that like for you? What was amazing? What felt hard? What was it like? Is what do you want to try next time to do differently? Right. This is the idea of the practice. So there's a there's a there's a a dialogue, a connection, a sharing, a vulnerability, and intimacy building that's that's important in the aftercare. And that's why the tenth step, the tenth tip is aftercare. Awesome. These are great. Yeah. I mean, there, you. It's funny because you. It's. It seems not as is sexual to think about each of these tips in the moment, but each of these set you up to feel so connected with your partner. I, I mean, like, and to feel confident in yourself and to maybe really experience something you haven't experienced before. So yeah, I might have to try this. It's a little scary. Though. <laughs> Am I gonna, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I'll, I, I, I want to, I, like, it sounds like, you know, you said you've been practicing this for a while. I do. Uh, but it is a little intimidating because sometimes you just think, well, you just, it's just sex or something. But I think what yeah. we're really tapping into here is that sex can be more. And I think that's what everybody kind of wants. You you do want your sex right. to be more and to be beautiful and to be connected and, and for it to be spiritual and transcendent in a way is just, it, it really would take your, your lovemaking to the next level, which is really fascinating and fun. Absolutely. And like you said, it's a little scary, right? It's like anything new, you know, puts our nervous system into kind of like, oh boy, is this going to be safe? Am I going to be safe? Is this going to be okay? So like that's to be expected. So um, I worked with a a retreat teacher who called it fun, comfortable, right? So that kind of space of like, it's fun and it's a bit uncomfortable. So when it feels fun, comfortable, that's the perfect place to be. That means you're you're growing, you're trying something new, you're sharing something new with your partner. And it's a really, really beautiful space. All right. This is great. Are you ready for your stump stormy? I sure am. It's time to Stump Stormy. I kind of want to change it up, though, now that you, you got me. Well, well, like you said, uh, you and your partner or partners in the past have set aside some time to do a sacred sex to like uh, just like a meditation or what? Like, I wonder, like, if you aren't going straight to just sex, is that like looking into each other's eyes is there is there something like uh, a mm-hmm. couple at home listening right now could could just try that doesn't necessarily mean you know penetrate penetrative sex is there like what would that be if you want to start yeah, somewhere simple question. yeah so right so these 10 tips that we give are kind of like overarching they're like sort of the framework but like one concrete um so a couple of things you definitely email me for that guide because there's certain there's singles and couples right. practices in the sacred sex 101 guide it's a free ebook so just shoot me an email and i'll send you that 
but the, you know, one of my, one of the practices in that guide is one of my favorite practices, which like you just totally hit it on the head, Toby, is, is eye gazing. That's right. So non-sexual, right? Very, very sensual, very erotic, very tender, very beautiful, can be, can also be done with a perfect stranger and not be sexual at all, right. um, is eye gazing. So, right. So simply like at one practice, you would set up a timer for, let's say, two to three minutes is what I recommend for beginners. And you simply like, and you agree to no words. So no verbal words, no communication verbally. And you simply gaze, but softly, not a piercing stare, right. but softly <laughs> into your, into your beloved's eyes. Okay. And it, it's, it will feel uncomfortable. It will feel awkward. You might feel like you want to look away or laugh. You might feel motion. All of that is welcome. All of that is beautiful. The practice is about seeing and being seen by your partner it's very intimate it's super sexy it's really powerful and you literally set a timer for two or three minutes and you just simply look into your partner's eyes no words okay and then what i recommend when the timer goes off is then you can agree that you're going to share what that was like if you want to right but you have full sovereignty to say you know wow that was really powerful i don't really feel like sharing on that um and you know and that's a great way great be, like you so sometimes sacred sex practices include sex and sometimes they don't right so it's because the goal isn't about penetration the goal is about connection and and seeing the divine yourself the divine your partner seeing god in your sexual practice or your higher power in your sexual practice that's the goal that's yeah. the practice sex may penetrate sex may or may not be a part of that yeah that's perfect all right awesome Sorry, I mixed up. The, uh, I changed up the uh, stump stormy, but I just wanted to hear like a little it. bit. Let's some, some, <laughs> some a little concrete today too. Uh, on top of the tips that, because uh, I, I do it. It is when it starts to get into the practice of it. I want uh, you know. It's nice for our listeners to know so, uh, just a small step to start to start with, and then yeah, definitely get the uh, your uh, stormy's guide emailer immediately. Okay, let's uh, get to listener questions. Amazing. <laughs> a question we've got answers here's this week's listener question okay our first uh listener comes in and says uh how do i tell my wife i would like her to try butt play on me like toby we both grew up in conservative christian homes um i, I thought he was gonna say like toby with butt play but he didn't thank god <laughs> He said, like Toby, we both grew up in conservative Christian homes. And so this isn't something that we have ever discussed. Mm, I love this question. So um, a couple of things, right? So this is this gentleman being curious about his words, but play for himself. Right? So but play on the man in this in this in this question. So uh, my first thought would be exploring it on your own is a really great place to start. So whether that's in self-pleasure or, you know, in the shower or whatever, just simply like on the outside, you know, definitely recommend lube or soap or something, you know, um, something slippery, but the, and soap can be dry. So I recommend lube, but, um, you know, playing around with that area with, with just your finger, like, because there's so many nerve endings there. So the reason I say to explore it on your own is a great start is you begin to feel more comfortable with that part of your body. Yeah. When we're more comfortable and more familiar with the pleasure we have in our part of our body, it's easier for us to communicate that to a partner. Okay. But if that feels like a no and you're only wanting partnered exploration, that's okay too. So then what I would say is bring it up not in the moment. <laughs> okay. Now when you're wanting, now when you're having sexy time and you're wanting to explore this, bring it up 
not in the moments, maybe in a moment when you're non-sexually feeling really connected with, yeah. with your partner, uh, with your wife, um, and then sharing with her why you're excited about it. Um, you know, that like, Hey, like I grazed across it the other day and it felt really good. And it made me like, be like, well, that would be so hot to have her involved or whatever it is for you. That's true. But mm -hmm. sharing why you're excited about it. Um, and then asking her, how she feels about it, about it. Maybe she's excited about it. Maybe she's nervous about it. Maybe it feels scary or gross to her. Like you don't know, you can never right. make an assumption. So you're asking her. So share, start always starting with you sharing yeah. why you're excited about it and then asking her how she feels about it. So that would be like the, the, the next step. Um, and then if fear comes up, if she's like, I'm afraid or I've never done that, or I don't want it to be on me. It's like, well, all you're asking for is, is for play on you. So that would be one to be clear about that. Um, but lean into the fears, get curious about them. Like what feel, maybe it's about prep. Maybe she feels like it's not cleanly. It's like, well, that's easy. You can very much groom and hygiene before, before right. about play. So we also have a whole episode that we did on, on anal play. So definitely check that out. Um, and then once you, if you're going to go ahead with it with partnered play, decide how to start and to go slow. Those would be my other tips. Like how many, how are you going to start? Is it finger? Is it a toy? Is it a vibration? Lots and lots and lots of lube and go slow. Okay. And that's what we talked about in that episode on, on anal play is that we, the reason why often people report pain is they go way too fast and they go without enough turn on. Mm -hmm. So starting really slow, giving time for turn on and, and starting that way. Yeah. 100%. Lots of lube and start small and slow. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Exactly. All right. Uh, I'm in a uh, next question. I'm in a sexless marriage. Uh, we've been together for 10 years and love each other, but I do feel frustrated with the lack of flirting and sex that we have. Um, I have tried to bring this up to my wife, but it seems to always end in an argument about work, kids, and our busy lives. I often wonder if we should separate and get divorced, but I want to stay with her. And this one, uh, this one kind of hits home for me a little bit just because I work with so many men and I've heard this so many mm. times and I, and, and it's really tough because men want to be wanted and they, maybe mm. they even need to be wanted. I, I kind of mm. want to use that strong language there. And oftentimes I think men are seen as the uh, aggressor, like, uh, you know, say like they, that they are initiating sex, that they're mm. the, the, the tougher of the two uh, of the two and the couple, you know, like the man, he's a man, mm -hmm. he's masculine. Uh, he initiates sex. He does all these things. And, and lots of times I'm hearing from men, man, I just wish, um, my wife or my partner would flirt with me even, mm -hmm. you know, like, like mm -hmm. I, I like a little bit of foreplay, you know, like it seems like mm -hmm. men are always bad at foreplay, but oftentimes it's because they don't even know where to start because they, they don't even feel Right. Uh, uh, that they're attractive right now to their partner or something like that. So this one, it's a, it's a little hard, I think. Yeah, totally. Well said, right? And also, I mean, sexless or low-sex marriages is so common. It's one of the things that, like, I feel very passionate about and write about and teach about because I've been in one. Uh, I was in a low-sex marriage for uh, over a decade. Um, and I just, it's so common, Toby, like you just said. It's like, I mean, 20, they say 20% of marriages are low-sex or no-sex. And that is mm. so heartbreaking to me because it doesn't have yeah. to be that way. But so I want to, you know, acknowledge the tenderness in this question too. I felt the same thing. Um, and you know, your, your first question about 
well, the, actually the end of your question about separating or getting divorced is I, you know, I certainly can't answer whether you should stay or she should go. It's is a personal choice, mm -hmm. but it is a choice. And it's one that's very tender and has so many layers to the onion, but it, you do have choice. And so does your partner. And sometimes it can be important to remember that um, so that, you know, staying or going is really up to you. Um, and obviously, you know, I always recommend doing the work before you make a choice to stay or go doing the work on yourself, doing the work relationally, um, you can't make a partner come along with you for the work, but you can certainly do your own work. And that's, right. that's what I, you know, I like to stay focused on. So, um, but really it's to give you some tangibles is you mentioned it, it hasn't gone well when you've tried to bring it up is definitely again, the timing. So do not bring it up in the bedroom. Do not bring it up when you're feeling rejected yeah. or when you've been turned down again, um, right? Because you're both, you're in reaction and she's in defensiveness or whatever the story might be, the pattern might be, but bring it up when you are feeling connected non-sexually and to, and then keeping the focus on what you miss about your sex life and how not having it impacts you. So keeping the focus on you, it is so common and so understandable that we, when we're, especially when we're hurt, it, we tend to be like, well, you don't do this and you do this and you hurt me. And that might be your experience, but when you use I language, it will go a lot better. So I miss our sex life. I miss feeling connected to you in this way. And, mm. and when we don't, it makes me feel this way. That is very different to receive. Okay. Yeah, that's huge. And then, yeah, it's huge, right? And not easy. Right? Right. It's a practice, right? Um, and then being curious, really curious about her and her response, which is not also not easy to do when you're hurt and pissed right. off and feeling rejected and sexually frustrated and all the things that you might be, but really being curious about her and her response, right? You know, maybe she's like, oh my gosh, the kids right now, I, I just feel like there's somebody always needs something from me and this feels like one more need, right? Well, now you guys have this really beautiful place to connect rather than you making assumptions about why she's not wanting to have sex and her making assumptions about why you are wanting to have sex, right? Mm -hmm. So that's being curious. And then the, the other thing is to, you know, I always recommend when someone, and by the way, this happens for women too, or women are the ones wanting more sex. That was this case for me. It's also statistically more frequently than we would think the case okay. is that um, taking back some reclamation of your own pleasure. So through self-pleasure, through making love to yourself, right? AKA masturbation, but I really like to teach it as making love to yourself, taking back some of the pleasure, your own responsibility for your own pleasure, your own orgasm will take some of the pressure off of the, the relationship. And that can be really helpful too. Yeah, for sure. I think that, well, the, the big thing that you're saying there that really does stick out is you cannot react in the moment when your feelings are so high or you're emotional or you're hurt because you will say things that, that maybe just even that you don't want to say in that way that you're saying them. So take your right. time. Uh, don't do it in the bedroom. You know, you're, you're right. Mm -hmm. And then that eye language is really huge. It just really is. It's so easy to go. You, you, mm -hmm. did, you, you, and it's just so easy to go there because you're hurting and you're trying to defend mm -hmm. yourself and you want, you want them to love you how you even want to be loved. I mean, that, I mean, I think right. we, sometimes we do forget like it, it is so, you do want people to love you the way you want to be loved and you have to let people mm -hmm. know how you want to be loved, but in the right way, mm -hmm. in the right format at the right time. So they're able to mm -hmm. receive it. If you catch somebody when they're not able to receive it, then they just won't. And it's going to put more distance between you. Yep. Absolutely. Well said. For yep. sure. All right. Uh, yeah. 
So feel free to email us with any of your listener questions. We sure would appreciate it. Um, and also to get your uh, free Sacred 101 guide from Stormy, you can email Stormy once again at stormy at lovedeeplab.com. Um, everything there, she does a lot. So uh, ask her anything and she'll she'll uh, <laughs> send it back to you. Also, you can get 10% off at marriagesupply.com with code SEX101. And oh, if you want to e- email me questions, you can just do it at toby at marriagesupply.com. Follow Dr. Stormy on Instagram at DocStormy1, that's the number one, or TikTok at Touchy Subjects, three S's at the end. And Marriage Supplies on Instagram as well as the.marriage.supply. And remember, knowledge is power. Sex is power. And the world needs more books.